0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of for what it's nerd today we have a few things to cover all marvel related this week it is a very heavy marvel week um and yeah there's a lot going on this week marvel wise uh both um i I don't even know how to describe it like tv trailers movies there's a lot going on um posters as well that's a big one um so we're gonna go through each topic individually uh, have a little bit of a discuss and uh, go from there. First off, the Deadpool trailer that we were discussing last week obviously dropped not long after the podcast aired. Uh, I thought it looked really good. I'm very excited. I feel like this is the culmination of a lot of work, not only, of course, for Deadpool, but for the Marvel Universe as a, as a whole. And I feel like this movie is very much going to put the narrative back on track for Marvel and... Also for the fans, I feel like maybe Deadpool can write the ship that's been kind of veering off more recently. And I'm very excited about that. You know, I, I've enjoyed Marvel all the way through. I've enjoyed everything that Marvel has done thus far and continues to do. But, you know, a lot of people haven't for a number of reasons. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I, I think this is going to definitely help toward that. Um, the inclusion of the TVA is a very, obviously, big part of the trailer. I'm excited to see how that links into Loki. I'm excited to see... What comes out of the villain of this movie as well, Cassandra Nova, which is interesting because I just started reading the run where Cassandra Nova first appears in the comics because my Marvel Legendary Collection actually uh, they gave me one and I think they must be soothsayers because this happens every time that or Marvel is very good at brand synergy, one of the two. Um, but they they just released um, uh, the collection E is for Extinction, if I remember correctly, which is the first run that Cassandra Nova ever appears in. So I'm very excited to. Read that and then kind of compare that with the portrayal by Emma Corrin in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too much into Deadpool specifically because I think Deadpool has been kind of done to death. One thing I will say is I think this is our next... I know it's not that big of a movie, but I think this is our next endgame as regards the culmination of, of course, Deadpool, the culmination of a lot of MCU stuff so far, and I just think the trailer the most viewed trailer in 24 hours it now has that achievement Um, that's a big win for Marvel, I think it's going to really really solidify um, just another success, I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up on one of the top 10 grossing movies of all time list when that comes out Um, but very excited for it Um, I think there's a lot of potential with this movie I'm hoping they're going to really um, take that multiverse concept that we've seen a few times, just kind of done, but weekly done. I hope they really amp it up in Deadpool, because they can. That's the whole point of Deadpool. So I'm really, really hoping they deliver the movie that the trailer suggests we're getting, right? Um, So very excited about that. I don't want to go too much more into that, because I think everyone's kind of done the analysis, everyone's done the kind of breakdown, um, and I think if we kind of go into that too much, we start to kind of lose the reason as to why we're trying to be like... like, I, I think... If you overanalyze a trailer, you lose the hype of it, right? So let's just enjoy the hype. Look forward to the movie. It's not long until the movie comes out now, so steaming steaming ahead towards that now. And this is the only release for Marvel um, proper, the MCU proper, in the cinema this year. So in the cinemas this year, so that's going to be a real big event. I think everyone should look forward to that. Now that happened on the Sunday, on the Wednesday, Valentine's Day, we got a very like, this is the biggest treat you could have given me ever, which was the Fantastic Four reveal for the actors of the, F- the Fantastic Four in the MCU through a Valentine's Day poster. And I think this is a really interesting marketing tool because it kind of suggests the movie's going to be a different take because it's about familial love. it's about like It's about, like, you know, this group of... It's like family, right? And you kind of get that across the poster. The poster is gorgeous, by the way. Love the colours, love the pastels, very 60s vibe, which of course the movie looks like it's going to be set in about 1963, that sort of area, which everyone's been making reference to that line in Doctor Strange where they see um, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic and they, Doctor Strange says, Oh, you know, didn't you shot in the 60s? I'm wondering if perhaps there's like an imp- implication that Doctor Strange did kind of was kind of aware of a Fantastic Four got confused that they weren't a band it was the scientific group or whatever but the, the the outfits look great the castings let's discuss the casting so pedro pascal as mr fantastic i don't know how to feel about this one i like pedro pascal as an actor i think he's a versatile actor i think he has a sensitivity for the roles he's playing he knows how to play you know um, more sensitive less sensitive you know he, he has an understanding of roles and he, he's not just like in the nicest possible way he's not um a, like he's not like a, a, a person who always plays himself you know what i mean um that was hard to get across i don't know why that took so long to get out but a lot of well a number of actors play themselves in every movie that they're in um the rock for example is one of them i feel like he, when he plays in a movie he's generally playing a version of himself I feel like some, some a lot of other actors can get lost into a role, say Emily Blunt, for example, is a very good one. Um and then I think Pedro kind of falls in that category as well. So I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily see him as Mr. Fantastic. I think there were better options from a if you're hitting comic book accuracy sort of similarity visually um standpoint, but I'm actually really interested to see what he does with it. And also I don't I think Reed could do with a little bit of a refresh, a refresh. Sorry, not refresh, a little bit of a juju up, because he's like the least interesting member of the Fantastic Four. And he's essentially their leader. Right? So I, I kinda want them if there's a character that needs judging up in the Fantastic Four, it's Mr. Fantastic. So um I'm excited to see what they do with it. And hopefully they kind of play it uh in a fun way, do something a little bit different and, and kind of really bring him home as a character that's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, did I kind of want the John Krasinski fancast thing? Yeah, a little bit. But we got that, right? We've had that now. Oh, gosh, I'm going to cough. One second. <coughs> oh, gosh, I couldn't even mute. Ah, oh, gosh. Uh, anyway. Oh, no, i up to go. One second. That's not getting edited out. I haven't got enough time today. Sorry, guys. You have to deal with some coughing. Um, I'm not super, super well. But anyway, that's, not, that's beyond the point. Um, so, yeah. I think that's an interesting cast i think it could potentially go quite well depending on how they play it and we'll see with that one the next one i think is Stella casting i'm really interested to see what she does with this role because i think invisible woman is such a strong magnetic character which is ironic because of her powers and not at all magnetic but you know what i mean um and she gets kind of sidelined a lot which is funny because i think vanessa kirby as invisible woman sorry i don't know why i didn't say that earlier um He's probably the strongest cast, casting of the lot. Um, she really hits that Invisible Woman line, like literally looks exactly like Invisible Woman from the off. But also, she's—I've she, seen her like in The Crown, for example—and she's got this strength of character. She's got that ability to portray a character who knows what should be right and, and will fight for that type thing. I, I She played very much that role with Margaret in The Crown. So I think I'm really excited to see her kind of take on that role. I'm really, I, I'm really interested, actually, and I know this sounds weird. I'm interested to see her um, accent work. I know that sounds really weird to say as, like, something that you're interested in, looking forward to, but, like, when I saw her in the crowd, of course, she's playing, you know, a very much a um, RP... R, um, no, PR. It, pre- received, no, RP, I was right. Received Pronunciation. And she's got that kind of that very royal edge to how she's speaking. So I'm really excited to see the opposite of that and see you know, an American accent and see how she kind of does with that. I, I don't know if she's done similar things elsewhere. I haven't really seen her outside the crown, but I think she's a really good actress in the crown, and I'm glad to see her um, coming to the screen. Also, this is funny because at this point now, that means we've got a number of actors from the crown in um, in the MCU. And so we're actually happening at the same time. So Elizabeth Debicki just redid she she's just went into the crown but she was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and 3 we just got Olivia Colman of course in uh, Secret Invasion one of the better redeeming parts of Secret Invasion as well we're getting Emma Corrin who played uh, the younger princess Diana um in uh Deadpool 3 and of course um we're getting Vanessa Kirby in um in the Fantastic Four now so that's really exciting uh and we'll see what comes of that i think i think she's probably the standout of the cast for me next is Johnny Storm Human Torch who is played by Joseph Quinn now I don't know what else Joseph Quinn has done but of course a lot of people will know Joseph Quinn for Stranger Things now I'm playing Eddie Munson in in Stranger Things of course and I don't think this is like the most apparent cast like casting sorry off the top of my head I wouldn't have said necessarily oh that's who should play But I know that this was going around before the reveals and people were kind of debating that might be a good idea. And what I think is really smart about this casting is that a lot of people, and actually all these castings, a lot of these actors have followings. All these actors have followings. And they're followings that might not necessarily have tuned into a Marvel film before, necessarily. Or maybe have tuned out of Marvel Marvel, Marvel, should I say, in recent months, and are now tu- going to jump back in because of these actors, and I think this, that was really smart. That each of these actors has a potential different crowd to bring into this movie. You know, Pedro the Mando people, or the like, Game of Thrones people, or the Last of Us people, Vanessa Kirby the Crown people, or maybe if you, if you, I think she's been in a Fast and Furious movie as well. One, it was Hobson Shaw or one of them. Again, like some of these overlap, of course, but. You know that and then Joseph Quinn of course bringing in the stranger things group or should I say the stranger things girlies um you kidding um uh and then of course uh Evan Moss backrack um which 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 we'll get onto that because there's a lot to say about Evan um as thing which I, I I know I was going through them systematically but whilst we are on that point very interested about that one because I think that's going to cause a little bit of an issue for me personally, but we'll get back to that because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good about Evan. And there's a lot of, well not a lot of bad but there's something that I'm kind of um, and I'm kind of like not super happy with as a general rule but um, back to Joseph Quinn I think this is a really smart cast because of that, because you get that kind of I, I don't even know if this is a word we would use in the modern just like modern vernacular I don't even think it is, I, I, actually it isn't but heartthrob vibe so to speak, right? That's Johnny Storm as a character. Every time we've seen Johnny Storm, he has this kind of following, this kind of he he has a revolving door of women, uh even even just in the sense of like flirtation and in terms of like popularity and stuff like that, right? He's their golden boy. Um and so I think picking someone who has that kind of appeal to a younger to a younger audience is very important, right? Because he is, obviously, of course, a younger actor than the others. And that's important as well. Every other iteration on the screen of um, Johnny, you know, Jordan, uh, Michael B. Jordan's and uh, Chris Evans's, suggested that Johnny was about the same age, maybe even slightly older than Sue, depending on, on the version. Um, this version is really taking into the, the account that Johnny is younger than Sue. Johnny is like. Um, he he's a teenager essentially or just after, a young adult and I'm really excited to see that play out because I think that's a part of Johnny that's not really being properly done on the screen thus far so seeing how that goes seeing how that plays out is going to be exciting and uh, I think that's the biggest appeal of Joseph Quinn I don't know if he has the acting chops maybe he does, maybe he doesn't I don't think that matters too much for a character like Johnny, he doesn't really have or at least in this first movie, doesn't really need like infinite amounts of depth because I think you're going to have that character be um, a little bit more vapid on the surface, a little less, um, like, like a smaller amount of emotional range, and then you're kind of going to build on that. So I think maybe the first movie, that'll pass off really well. We'll see how that goes in the next, you know, the next two movies or however many they end up making. Probably four, right? I'm kidding. Um, And then Evan, which I was talking about previously as the thing, now, um, Eben, again, the r- great actor, and most importantly, I actually think, is, this is a really good uh, thing for this role, because a lot of people were wanting this, I think because for Thing, it's intrinsic. His religion is intrinsic to his character, and that is that Eben, of course, is a Jewish actor, which is important, again, like I say, to Thing's character. It's, it, it's, a, it's an intrinsic part of what he is and how he acts and how he sees the world, um, and I think that's very important to have an actor who can kind of tap into that. Um, that's the great point, and I think that's really great casting. And also, it feels like... It feels like... I think the thing is with Thing, you have to have a pick an actor who can realistically be not only a, a voice-acted rock man, but also, like, look the part of Benjamin Grimm when not a rock man, you know? He needs to look like he um can become the thing, right? Like, you couldn't have cast like I I you couldn't have cast any of the other like let's say Joseph Penn and, and and Evan swapped roles, which wouldn't happen, of course, because I don't think either would suit you the role. But it would make even less sense. Because Ben Grimm is meant to be like more of a I don't know how to describe it, like a it's hard to explain, but there's certain actors who fit that role better, and I feel like they've done really well with this in the past as well. Uh, and, well, really well in the early 2000s version, and then maybe not so much in, fa- in fan Um But you, you know what I mean? I, I think it's a, like you've got to have the appearance of someone who could turn into a rock man. That sounds weird to say. Like I say, same with Hulk in a way. You've got to have someone who can um, conceivably turn into a big Hulk. Even if they don't look like it, there's got to be an edge to a person, right? There's got to be like a like a part of that, like Colossus as well. Even though we've never really seen a Colossus that's gone from one side to the other, but that's irrelevant. I'm getting too much lo- too lost in this. Um, I'm getting too lost in this. You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, but so my thing with Evan is Evan was actually in Punisher as Micro, one of the main parts of season one. I don't even remember if he turned up in season two, but if he did, it was very very briefly. Um... And this poses an issue for me. Like I know we've had actors who have crossed over and even done two roles in the MCU before, looking at you, Gemma Chan. Um, but um, it, it feels like a bit of a backheel when you've just announced that the Netflix shows are canon to the MCU, essentially, through Echo and, of course, the Daredevil reveals thus far. And then you make one of the characters from Punisher into the thing. You know, it feels like a weird one. Like Mariah, you could kind of get because those two shows were like Mariah and Luke Cage. Sorry, just let me explain further. Um, she was like kind of cast in at the same time she was cast as the mother at the beginning of uh, uh, Civil War. Um, they're very much the same time period, and there's been a few others as well, but they're all minimal roles. Like you know, if you're a background actor or a, like a like a I don't even know how to describe it, like a, a small-time part in one movie. Yeah, of course you're going to come back. They've done it in Doctor Who, they've done it in other shows, it happens. They like an actor, they come back. Look at Karen Gillum, for example, right? Look at Peter Capaldi. Look at um, uh, oh, i forgetting her name off the top of my head, but um, after Rose it was Martha. Martha. Um, Frida, I'm forgetting her name, I'm forgetting her name, but Martha. She, she was in, in before she ended up, she was playing her cousin and then ended up playing herself, so to speak. Um, so there's a lot of examples in media of this happening where directors like an actor, actor comes back in a bigger role. Um, but I think this was just a weird one to do the way they did it now. Because, you know, if that had happened the other way around, the Fantastic Forecast had been announced, people would be like oh, Netflix shows definitely not canon. Because obviously uh, Mahershala Ali as well as playing Blade, which of course he played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage as well. Luke Cage is really bad for casting actors twice, apparently. There you go. Um, But irrelevant to the point. Um, So that's my big, my little gripe. Like, oh, that's going to hiccup my mind a little bit, continuity-wise, but it happens, and to be honest, most of the time he's going to be the thing anyway, so it's whatever. Um, But yeah, so F4, very excited for that. That's coming out July 2025, I believe, so just over a year. and a bit. (laughs) Uh Um... Then the next thing that happened this week, very excited about this one too, even though, and I will admit, I've never watched much of the original, X-Men 97. Um, The trailer dropped for this this week, and it looked really cool. They really went with the retro vibe, the 80s vibe for this. Loved it. Thought the animation looked amazing. We don't have enough 2D animation now. I was talking with a friend about this this week. We don't have enough 2D animation now, and especially good 2D animation. Uh, And I'm really glad that they decided to do this. Especially, it's a really interesting thing for Disney as well because Disney kind of um, folded on 2D animation a while back. Um, They went full on into 3D animation, and kind of seeing them backtrack a little more recently is nice. I think people realize are realizing more and more that alternate forms of media are fun, and like it's okay to have alternate forms of media. You know what I mean? Like once upon a time, I think people thought you had to go, you had to graduate almost from 2D to 3D to live action and never go in the reverse, right? I think that's why a lot of people say, for example, The Clone Wars is a kid's show for Star Wars because it's 3D animation. But it's not, is it? You know, I I, we, I just watched an episode, I was doing a watch party this weekend and we just watched um, one of the Mandalore episodes where a guy literally jumps from the rooftop and kills himself. And it's like, that's not... Uh, would I be okay if I knew that? Would, would, would I say to my like five-year-old, hey, do you want to watch this episode of Star Wars where someone throws himself off a cliff? I mean, obviously, you know, they don't necessarily... It's not, like, grotesque or anything, but, like, it's there, you know? It doesn't necessarily scream kid, does it? You know, it's not the same as Bluey, for example, which I've never watched, but I just thought that was a best, ex- best example off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, so getting back to this, I think it looks great. I think it looks really interesting. Uh, I'm really into X-Men at the moment, actually, because I've been reading a lot more X-Men stuff. Like I say, I'm reading that Cassandra Nova introduction right now, and also I was reading one not long ago from X-Men as well. I have an X-Men, um, like, the comp- like not compendium, but like a, a, co- a bigger collection of issues that I'm getting through as well. So there's a lot of X-Men stuff going on at the moment. Very excited for that, of course, with Deadpool and Wolverine as well. So uh, I don't have too much to say on that because I don't know the plots leading into this, but it does look like this is post-Charles Xavier. It looks like is on board with the team. Uh, it'll be an interesting take, I think, and interesting to see um, these characters in kind of what looks like I do believe they've done a lot of the biggest storylines from X-Men stuff previously, so it'll be interesting to see the kind of storylines they do in this show as well. And of course what is actually probably the most interesting thing is that one of the characters who was made for the show, and originally Morph is back in this, of course, and um, that'll be really interesting to see as well, because I think it's nice to... I mean, Harley Quinn, for example, again, going DC for a second, Harley Quinn was a character who became... well, was was conceived for a show, and then became the character that she is today. And maybe Morph now could become something much bigger because of X-Men 97. So, who knows? Now... Those are rounded off, and we've already kind of hit a 22-minute mark, so we actually have a lot still to go, and that is Madam Web, the movie that's just come out this week from Sony, obviously a Marvel movie all the same, following Madam Web, Cassandra Web, um, and her neophytes, in a way, I guess. So the movie revolves around um, her um, dealing with Ezekiel Sims, who essentially wants to live for a long, long time using this spider, Doesn't want to be killed by the spider people, etc., etc. And I have to say, I don't think this movie is as bad as people are making it out to be. I think all of the actresses did a really good job in their roles, despite the movie giving them sometimes wooden dialogue and despite some slow pacing in part. um, I do think they should have suited up, and I do think that this is an interesting one. I think the movie should have been longer. But I think a lot of the stuff that's in the movie currently should have been shorter, and there should have been a third act, because I don't really feel like this movie had a third act. I feel like there's a midpoint in the movie where Dakota Johnson's Madame Webb, of course, goes to Peru, and then comes back from Peru, and everything's changed. I feel like those were the two acts of the movie. I don't know if people would agree with me with that, but I think it's basically a two-act film. I think it could have done with a third act, and I think at the end of the second act, the heroes should have got their powers and suited and booted then because you really don't see them suited and booted in this movie and it's weird i also think some of the design choices for those suits and um from madame webb at the end of the movie were horrendous um didn't look great but this is what i think redeems those things as well and that is this movie is set in 2003 and i know we're in 2024 i know that But I feel like if the movie, if this movie were released in 2003, I think it would be seen as better now than it is, better then than it is now. And what I mean by that is it feels like a 2003 movie. It feels as if someone made this movie back then and didn't release it for 21 years. Like, literally. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I know, I'm, I know this is wilding, I know that, but like, just keep with me for a second. It's nice to have a movie that's at a different pace to most Marvel movies. It's nice to have a movie that isn't all CGI and crazy stuff. And yes, there's CGI in this movie, but you know what I mean. It's nice to see a movie that is a little bit more cerebral with its plot, and it's nice to see a movie that's a little bit more ground level, which is, a lot of you keep complaining about Marvel-wise, by the way. Um, it's a little bit more real, it's a little bit more realistic within reason and at points and it's not necessarily this but at points it's almost pseudo thriller and i actually kind of like that i kind of like the 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 time timey wiminess of it in a way and like there's certain moments like that really do feel eerie and feel spider-like spider-sense-like i know that sounds silly to say again but it's true i will say sometimes the sound mixing was a little bit off especially in some of those um dreamlike uh, timey wimey sequences. Um and I do think some of the stuff um especially the villain by the way Ezekiel Sims I did not enjoy Ezekiel in this movie at all. He felt very one-dimensional. He felt very um I don't know how to describe it. His plot was not near not near like nothing and he just was like complaining about all his stuff for no reason. And then he had this woman in the chair so to speak who wasn't basically a character at all who seemed to have reservations but then did nothing about it and was just basically a more annoying version of felicity from cw's arrow um i'm kidding i'm kidding that was just it had to yeah i had to i had to say it um no i i this movie is not a good movie i'm not saying it's a great movie i do think it's a lot better than people are giving it credit for and if someone asked me, would you like to see that movie again? I wouldn't be against it. I don't think I'd go and watch it. But I think if someone said, hey, this movie's on, do you want to watch it? Yeah, maybe. I also th- wouldn't be against the, seeing these characters show up again. And I do think we're poised to see that because, again, this movie's set in 2003. We're kind of heading into this, like, big crossover MCU-wise. Could we see some more Sony characters come over for that? Potentially, yes, we could. So, uh Very excited. Um, to see more of them, actually, I I, I do think that's true. I, I don't think I'm not lying with that. I think I think with a better script, uh, in better circumstances, those actresses in those roles could do great things. You know, I even think it would be great as like a TV show potentially, like a six-part series or something. Um, but yeah, please clean up the outfits. Please clean up the storyline. Get writers who could actually write a decent movie, decent dialogue at least. Um, And get a more compelling villain, because you you, you reduce someone who is about finding all these spider totems and stuff to, like, I want to live forever, and that was it. Like, that's that's done before. Palpatine did that years ago, okay, people? Like, you know, literally, he did that in, in Rise of Skywalker five years ago, and even before then. But you know what I mean? Um in the comics way back when but you know there's other characters who did the same thing the the immortality thing it's it's done it's done you could have at least added something different but no you didn't did you Um, no i'm kidding (laughs) but yeah so I, i don't think it's as bad as people make out i do think there's a lot of issues with the movie i do think a lot of the things that people are saying is valid i just don't think those necessarily add up to a bad experience I think I enjoyed this movie more than I will Morbius when I eventually watch it because I literally did not watch Morbius because I knew that everyone was just saying how bad it was and it was such a meme didn't even touch it. I think I'll enjoy this movie, I've enjoyed this movie more than I will enjoy Morbius when I get around to finally watching that um, one day. Um, But yeah so with that we've probably done the longest uh, episode of the podcast we've done in a long while. Let me know you guys' thoughts on these topics. And as always, I thank you guys for watching. I thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, We're actually coming up on episode 150 soon, or at least video 150, which, um, yeah, it might be just video 150, so it might not be episode 150 of the podcast. That will be next year, I think, probably now. But anyway, what I'm saying is we will definitely be trying to do something uh, interesting for that. Also, next week's episode, we'll be discussing the Bad Batch, I believe, because I think that's out by the time the next episode comes out. So we'll be discussing The Bad Batch, which is the final season, of course. So keep an eye out for that. That, of course, is the Star Wars show in case people are confused as to what I'm talking about. Um, and we will uh, we'll come back then. So thank you guys in the meantime. And have a great rest of your week. Uh, start of your week. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Bye, guys.